Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 237. It's the one personality assessment that my team cannot live without. What is it? It's the Enneagram. Essentially, the Enneagram assesses you as one of nine types. Each of these types have a unique set of personality traits, strengths, and weaknesses, and it's ridiculously accurate. My sister made my entire family take it last January, and the takeaways actually stuck with me throughout the year and beyond. Most personality assessments I've taken are interesting and impactful for a few days, but I found that the Enneagram is incredibly insightful in my personal growth, my business, my marriage, and basically I felt its insights stretch into every area of my life. I know it sounds dramatic, but I'm not lying. In today's episode, you're going to learn what my Enneagram is, how it set me up for success in business, how Drew and I have used it to grow in our marriage, how it clarified a lot of dynamics within my family, and ultimately how you can find out your Enneagram assessment and use it to transform your life. We've linked to the assessment we took in today's show notes, which you can find at jennacutcherblog.com slash Enneagram. Before Before we dive on into today's show, I want to read you a review from Olive Lane. It's titled, Long Overdue, Amazing. To all those who have not started listening to Gold Digger, it's time to tune in. This major girl boss has something for everyone, even if you just need fellowship with some wise women. I found Jenna from her viral post and was attracted to her campaign on body positivity. In the months following, I found myself wanting to hear more from her, and I downloaded my very first ever podcast. From June to September, I binged and I finally caught up for that bittersweet moment. I don't have my own business yet, but after tuning in, I discovered dreams I didn't even know I had, and now I'm working on pursuing those dreams. I can't thank Jenna enough. I hope someday I can repay her for all of her time and love that she pours into her work. Much love to her and for all that she does from Olivia. Thank you so much, Olivia, for this sweet review. And if you want your review read on the show, it's really simple. You just got to leave one. I know so many times I listen to podcasts and I'm like, oh, I'll totally leave a review later. And I 
totally forget. So if you're one of those people and you're just like me, and maybe the Enneagram will tell you some real interesting traits about yourself, maybe what you need to do is just hit pause and leave that review today. It truly helps us continue to grow this show, grow this community, and give you guys these free resources every single week. So without further ado, let's dive on in and I'm going to teach you all about this test that I am obsessed with. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to Hello Monday from LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. Hello Monday is a new podcast from LinkedIn's editorial team about how to get the most from Monday and your career. Find Hello Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let me first share a little bit about my experience with the Enneagram. So for Christmas every year, my parents decide to book an Airbnb or a cabin in the woods so that all of our family could come together. And mostly this was such a treat before we lived back at home because the occurrences where we were all in the same place at the same time were really rare. And so my sister would not stop talking about this thing called the Enneagram. And I thought it had a really weird name, so I didn't even really pay attention. But as the weekend went on and she kept talking and talking about it, we found ourselves all sitting in the living room of this cabin in the woods, filling out this personality assessment. Now we made every single person in my family fill it out. And then we all talked about our results. Now, what's so interesting about the Enneagram is that it's really accurate and it gives you the strengths and the weaknesses. And I'm going to break all of this down in today's episode. But what was really cool was to hear which type my family members were and then to hear about the strengths and the weaknesses. And at their best, they're like this. And at their worst, they're like this. And it really helped us to kind of uncover some of the things that we maybe just didn't understand about each other. So upon taking the assessment, I found that I am a type three, commonly known as the achiever. Surprise, surprise, right? And as I'll later explain in this episode, there are nine types of people according to the Enneagram, and they all have their own nicknames and titles. Now, if you've ever heard of people referring to themselves as a type and then followed by a number, they're probably referring to the Enneagram. And those people who know this test well can really pinpoint a person quickly just knowing what their result has been. Like, isn't that kind of wild? So there is a full institute about this. And according to the Enneagram Institute, type threes are success focused, they're image oriented, they're adaptable, driven and pragmatic. This quote summarized it really well. It says threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming. They're ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. At their best, threes look self-accepting, authentic, everything they seem to be, role models who inspire others. Now, to be honest, 
I loved being labeled the achiever because who wouldn't? Like, am I right? (laughs) Spoken like a true three. I love that by being a three, I'm always working hard and hustling and working towards my biggest goals. Quite frankly, I expect a lot from myself and I strive to be a quote healthy three that is ready to achieve great things in the world. Now, threes know how to develop themselves and focus on their strengths to propel them forward. The Enneagram Institute states that they are often successful and well-liked because of all the types they most believe in themselves and in developing their talents and their capabilities. I loved the fact that it highlights that I play into my strengths. I feel like this in truly every area of my life, in my business, my relationships, my marriage, my ability to take care of myself. Like when I read it, I was proud of myself. I was like, yes, I am that girl, aka I know my strengths and I really know my weaknesses. The Enneagram highlights that threes succeed and inspire others to invest in their own self-development, which, hello, isn't this the whole point of my empire? The podcast, my courses, my Instagram, they're all about growing a true tribe of women who are ready to be their best selves and to tackle the world. So when I was reading all of this, I was like, wow. This sums me up so well. And it's so fun too when you find out other people that you know, like Oprah is a type three, you're like, heck yes, I'm in a box with Oprah. This is amazing. I was really proud of what I was labeled. But (laughs) along with those strengths that I could relate to, they also point out some weaknesses. And there were weaknesses that the Enneagram pointed out that I really found true in my life, parallels that I've encountered. And no one wants to really like read and dig into their predispositioned weaknesses. Am I right? And so I kind of wanted to avoid reading that part of the assessment. But hey, I don't do anything half-heartedly in the least. And so here goes. So the cool thing about the Enneagram is it'll tell you like at their best, these are what type threes are like, but at their worst, here is what you could expect. Now, threes want to make sure that their lives are a success, but how they define that can turn into a weakness. Example, success could be defined by your culture, the latest Instagram trend, the amount of followers you have dollar signs, you get the idea. It's really easy to create identity in things that are fleeting for threes. And so it's something I really consciously have to watch out for. We as threes are chasing success, but how we define it can be consuming. For me, I've had times where I've defined success by dollar signs, what people thought of me, Instagram followers, by having a full schedule, by proving myself to people and ultimately defining success by things that did not fulfill me. But I still wanted to accomplish it like a true achiever does. Now, I've loved how the Enneagram Institute highlighted no matter how success is defined, Threes will try to become somebody noteworthy in their family and in their community. They refuse to be a nobody. I was like, dang, (laughs) that's true. So how did I overcome this tendency to constantly want to achieve more, more, more? 
I mean, I've shared about it so much on this show, but when I look back at my career, starting out as an entrepreneur and a wedding photographer, the first year I booked 25 weddings, the second year I booked 27, the third year I booked 30, I was out for more, more busyness, more business, more jobs, more money, but it ultimately led me to burnout. And let me be frank, like a lot of self-work and awareness has had to come into play in my life to really harness the ability to control that desire for more. Like I've had to step back and realize what is most important in my life. And for me, it's actually time. Time is more important than money. I look at time as my currency and I have to really focus and remember that what I think of myself is a million times more important than what Rachel down the street thinks of me or that Instagram follower thinks of me. And that if I am truly feeling fulfilled and grounded, that my life is already a success. Like there is no shortcut or magic secret. It's just this constant reminder to step back to check myself before I wreck myself and to be aligned with my mission. Now, over the years, I can really see different seasons where I've made different things in my life idols. Like I've really found identity in things like titles or income. And so knowing this about myself, it's a really good reminder to wake up and say like, who am I? Like I am Jenna Kutcher. I'm not just an entrepreneur. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm not just a mom. Like I am me and like what I bring to the world matters and I'm already doing enough. And so It's just this thing where it's like, dang, when you know where your weaknesses lie, you know that you have to do some hard work around them. But I kind of love that the Enneagram doesn't just highlight the highlight reel, but it tells you what your bloopers might be looking like too. So why was the Enneagram so helpful for me? Like I've kind of shared a little bit about my profile, the strengths, the weaknesses, all of the things, but how did I actually use this to improve myself? It's easy to discount these assessments as just another thing attempting to label you, but for me, it was almost freeing to start to understand the layers about who I am in a deeper way. The thing about the Enneagram that I found to be true is that it is scary accurate. And so all of those seemingly little things that you thought no one knew about you, those things can be seen through the lens of the Enneagram. You know, we all have those thoughts that we're scared to admit or the things that we long for. It calls them out, which is exactly what makes it both memorable and powerful. It was hilarious because me, my brother and my sister all had similar assessments. We had different main types, but then the Enneagram gives you wing types. So, you know, you can be a type three with a five wing or something like that, where it's kind of sharing your secondary type. And me, my brother, and sister all shared wing types. And then it was hilarious to have our spouses take this and to see kind of where they fell. And I remember my sister-in-law, Sarah, getting her answer. And then she was like, that is so not me. That is so not me. And my brother was reading it out loud laughing. And he's like, babe, this is exactly you. And so it's really weird to have somebody read about your personality and almost kind of put things out into the world that are memorable and powerful about your personality type. And sometimes they're not the things that you love the most about yourself, but it's so, so incredible. For me, it totally reinforced natural traits of mine that 
I didn't necessarily think were gifts, things that come easily to me, like my ability to adapt to different situations and crowds, or my ability to lead and inspire others, or my strength of vision and drive. And I was pushing myself to be better. Being reminded that these strengths exist within me as a result of me using them more and feeling more empowered in them has been a game changer because a lot of times I think we're too close to our genius. There are things about you that are special and they're so special, but they're so innately you that you might not even recognize that they're different or that they set you apart. Some of my most brilliant friends forget how brilliant they are because the things that they're brilliant at come easy to them. And so what I love about this is that when it brings up your strengths, you might not have even been thinking of that skill set or that thing as a strength. And when you know that it is, you can really focus on harnessing the power of that strength in a new way. Now, the same is true for my weaknesses. I kind of felt called out by this assessment for some of those nitty gritty details about myself that I know can be less than stellar. And while some weaknesses I was aware of, other ones I had never really considered in that light. It made me see how some traits of mine can come across as intense or aggressive or even condescending. And it made me think differently about how I deliver words and treat others and treat myself. It made me realize that certain traits of mine can be harsh. Like, that's hard to know. This intensity helps me accomplish my goals, but it can also be just a little aggressive at times. This assessment helped me see both sides of that coin and kind of understand, especially leading a team, how I can really play up my strengths and be aware of my weaknesses. We got so much information for today's episode from a book called From the Wisdom of the Enneagram. It's amazing, and it helps break things down in a way that really helps you to understand them. So let's talk about the healthy version of me and the non-healthy version of me. So as a three, you want to really focus that there is both a healthy side and an unhealthy side for any of the types. Depending on your personal growth and evolution, you might be at one end of the spectrum in the management of your type. For example, with type three, there is a certain range of how we drive for success and how we show up in the world when it comes to success. Now, according to the Enneagram Institute, starting with an example of a low functioning three, They can be incredibly narrow-minded with their goals. They can be genuinely fearing failure and humiliation. They can be exploitative and opportunistic and jealous of others and willing to do whatever it takes to preserve the illusion of superiority. An example of an average functioning type three would be image conscious, way too concerned with how they are perceived, chasing success based on what others expect of them. They are efficient, but premeditated. They're losing touch with their own feelings beneath a smooth facade. Simply put, they are getting stuff done, but maybe they're not getting it done for the right reasons. And then according to the Enneagram Institute, the example of a high functioning type three would be self-accepting, inner-directed, and authentic. They are modest and charitable, gentle and benevolent. They are highly effective and motivate others to be like them in some positive way. 
So as you can see, the traits of chasing success can be delivered in positive and negative ways. And in each of these examples, the type three is chasing down success, but their motives and delivery differ. So knowing what a healthy three versus an unhealthy three or a high functioning versus a low functioning of my type looks like, it really helps me to analyze where am I at today? What does my work look like today? Why am I showing up? Do I genuinely want to serve or are there ulterior motives? Am I protecting my image or am I inspiring others? And so when you see the different ways that you can function in the type that you are, it really helps you to be way more conscious of how you're showing up in the world and maybe some triggers that could trigger you to move in an unhealthy direction versus a healthy one. Now, Achievement can go too far, right? Like when I saw that I'm on the same type as Oprah, my head got a little bit bigger, but achievement can go too far. And the problem is that in the narrow focus to achieve whatever is in front of myself, I can lose touch with my internal soul. This sounds so dramatic, but it's so true. And I can see it in different parts of my life. With this singular mission, threes can actually become separate from themselves, their real feelings, interests, passions, and they can work their tails off for all the wrong things. There is a note that threes become dependent on affirmation and attention, and that can lead for them to work their butt off for something they don't even like, simply because they're good at it. While success is great, they gradually lose touch with their inner calling. And you can note, like, threes are not feeling people. Rather, they are people of action and logic. I can completely relate to this in how I view the world. I think of highly emotional times like our miscarriages and how I was able to put my feelings aside to show up and get work done. Like, I have always been able to just turn the switch on for emotions and off. And one of the things that I think is so interesting about me as an entrepreneur is I remove the emotion from my work as much as I possibly can, which allows me to be a better leader, a better decision maker. It allows me to really make smart moves for my business, but it also can almost put this block up within me in order to be emotional. We were watching the movie Wonder last night. If you guys have not seen that movie with Julia Roberts, oh my gosh, you need to watch it. It is incredible. Drew and I loved it. And I was like sobbing. Like it was such a good movie. And it made me think like, when was the last time I cried? Like I have this ability to like shut my emotions off, which is great. But I need to know that as a type three, I tend to do that. And so sometimes it's okay to tap into how am I really feeling? What's really going on? What am I working towards? What do I love right now? What am I passionate about? The Enneagram states that often times threes have moments of clarity that they were climbing the ladder up the wrong wall. And wow, does that describe my journey of climbing the corporate ladder? I'd worked so hard to get to where I was. And then I realized I didn't even want that. Like how silly. It hit me that corporate wasn't for me and I quit. And then I bought that $300 Craigslist camera and seven years later and a lot of hustle, like look at what I've built. And for so many years, I was working so hard for things that I didn't even love, things that I wasn't even passionate about. Can anyone relate to that? 
So when I think about the Enneagram and how it impacts me personally on a very deep level, the traits of always wanting more for myself runs through my veins. I've seen it in myself as a kid through sports and college, within the corporate world, and definitely as an entrepreneur. I have this insatiable ability to never feel like I'm fully done, to always keep striving, to really stay in pursuit of what's next for me. I am hardly ever satisfied with myself and my growth, and I am always pushing forward. At certain times, I felt the need to prove myself to others, to validate myself, and I have this tendency to wrap my identity in things that aren't lasting. I was recently talking with a friend, and I was just talking about how frustrating it can be sometimes when I try to describe what I do to a stranger. And a lot of times I have hid behind titles. It was really easy when I was a wedding photographer to say, I'm a wedding photographer. But now my life looks a lot different and I'm an influencer and a podcast host and I teach online education and I do sponsorships and all these things. And usually when people ask me what I do, I get kind of quiet because One, people tend to treat what I tell them like it's a hobby, like they don't understand that this is a multi-million dollar company that I've built and I've worked so hard and I feel this need to explain myself and to really legitimize my work and knowing that that is something that is common for threes as achievers, it kind of helps me reel it back in. Like what does it matter if the guy sitting next to you on the plane doesn't respect you because he doesn't understand what you do? you know? And so it kind of helps me like check myself before I wreck myself. And on a personal level, it just really helped me to look at what am I reaching for today? What am I striving for? What will enough look like at the end of today? Now, when I look at my business and being a type three, when I started my business, I was one of those people that I was pretty confident in myself. I was sure that I could do this. And I see so many people crippled by fear, but for me, I was ready to go. Like I knew and trusted that if I could put in the work and if I was ready to hustle and if I could make it happen, it would all work out in my favor. But along with that confidence in those beginning stages, when I wasn't in touch with myself and my emotions, I was prone to look for external validation to assure myself that I was on the right path. This led to finding comfort in things like followers and being image focused, more weddings, more clients, more money, more, more, more. But with time, I've been able to find this validation in my heart from my closest friends, my faith. I've learned to listen to my gut. This has taken so much self-awareness and growth and self-work to move past the more superficial affirmations that I used to chase. Over the course of a lifetime, the average person spends more than 115,000 hours at work. I did the math. That's 13 years. With all that valuable time spent at work, you have to find a way to make it more rewarding and fulfilling and enjoyable. Hello Monday is a new podcast from LinkedIn's editorial team that dives into the role work plays in our lives to help you fight the Sunday scaries and get ready for the next week, month, and year ahead in your career. Host Jesse Hempel and Caroline Fairchild sit down with featured guests from LinkedIn's 590 million professionals across the 
the world to explore business and practical insights that you can apply in your own career. The series goes beyond the office to discuss work and life in that gray area in between. Whether you're five hours into your first job or you have just 500 left until retirement, you'll be ready to take on Monday and the rest of the work week with the knowledge to make your career work for you. Find Hello Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So how does the Enneagram play a part into marriage? Like this is where it gets kind of juicy. The Enneagram helped us discover things about mine and Drew's marriage and how our types combine and collaborate and where there might be issues. One of my favorite parts about the Enneagram is the place where you have the opportunity to see how your relationship profile is between two different points. And so I'm a type three, the achiever, and Drew is a type one, the perfectionist. And so we get to see what our profile looks like between those two types. Now, our relationship profile highlighted that we were both competent, we have clear opinions, and we are idealistic. The Enneagram Institute highlighted that this is a highly task-oriented relationship with both partners driven to hard work and to be intensely aware when individually and collectively they are not measuring up to their own expectations and high standards. Both parties can bring selflessness, self-discipline, good work habits, and the ability to put aside their personal feelings for the sake of the objective good that needs to be done. Both types are used to working so hard that they often succeed, garnering admiration from those around them and attaining places of leadership and responsibility. The one and the three combination can be dazzlingly accomplished, high energy, extraordinarily competent, and impressive both individually and collectively. They both strive after excellence, both as an ideal and as something to personally embody. Woo! That is a doozy. But this assessment also highlighted that we strive to make each other proud and that someone the other can look up to and show off to his or her family. I can deeply see all of this between Drew and I. There is a certain level of always wanting the other to be proud, whether it's through my business or Drew's caring ways. We're always looking to make the other one very happy that they married us. Further, this assessment said that type one and type three relationships enjoy planning and organizing their lives, dividing up responsibilities after seeing who is objectively better at tasks. And I almost want to laugh at that because I can see this with how Drew and I even just divide up our household responsibilities and how we do our work. Like Drew is way more apt to clean the house and do the laundry and make our lives run where I'm more gifted at financially supporting us and running a business. And since both the one and the three are highly practical, we work together to solve problems in the relationship by discussing the issues involved since neither of us like being emotionally charged or bickering or unresolved issues. They believe that there is a solution to everything. According to the Enneagram Institute, ones help threes to be more grounded and realistic. Threes help ones to stretch themselves and not be so perfectionistic. So I remember when we took this and I was a little shocked by Drew's because 
he is a perfectionist in certain aspects and it's like funny ones. We always talk about how Drew is like an immaculate cleaner and everything has to have a place and the bed has to be made and there can be no dishes in the sink. But when we started to really look at how this impacts our relationship together and just reading how we're highly task oriented and how we both work hard and we're really aware of when we're not measuring up in our own lives and in our marriage, it really helped us to kind of dig a little deeper into how we can maximize both of our types together in our relationship and areas that we should really focus on having conversation around. It really kind of enlightened us in a sense to see how we work together and to really own what sets us apart. And it's so funny because a lot of times we've struggled with figuring out how do we communicate the fact that Drew's going to be a stay-at-home dad and he is really managing and running this household so that I can still pursue my business dreams and what is it going to look like in terms of a partnership as we parent and it really helped us to just kind of sit down and say, hey, here's what I'm really good at and I should continue to be good at these things and here's where you shine and don't listen to society and don't listen to the roles that people paint for you. And so it kind of just helped us own our uniqueness in a really, really cool way. Now, there are also weaknesses in marriage. Don't get it twisted. Ones and threes together are not perfect. So with each type's independence, three's insane work ethic, oftentimes marital matters stem from time commitments and lack of emotional attachment. Guys, that one's on me. According to our marriage profile, ones tend to find threes too workaholic and too concerned with image and with their reputations. They can become annoyed with threes intense focus on goals work and success at times. And Lord have mercy. Is that true in our lives? There have been so many seasons where Drew is looking at me like I'm a total workaholic or he doesn't understand that I need to be more logged in or he's annoyed that I need to publish a post or things like that. And I can see that being true in both of our lives. But on the other end of the relationships, issues arise because threes tend to find ones too rigid or judgmental in their attitudes and inflexible in various areas. While threes generally value one's organizational ability and ability to get things done, threes can also find that ones are too narrow-minded and methodical, too perfectionistic, and focused on details rather than results. Now, we see this all the time. Like, I am a more go-with-the-flow, spontaneous person, and Drew really has to have this, like, rigid schedule. He has to really wrap his mind around what we're doing for the day and what that looks like, and he has to have a plan. And a lot of times, I'll tease him because I'm like, hey, it's okay. Like, you don't have to clean that dish right now. Like, we can just sit on the couch a little bit longer together And he can't, like he just can't. He has to keep things exactly how he wants them. And it was so hard when Drew was starting his business and I knew what it would take for him to get it off the ground and running. And I could have created a to-do list for him every single day, but he was such a perfectionist that everything was taking him so long. And I come from the school of done is better than perfect. 
But when you're talking about a type one, perfect is better than perfect. And so we really had to kind of figure out like, what does this look like? And how hands-on am I going to be? And how am I going to let him figure things out for himself? And let me tell you, it was not easy. Drew and I have definitely felt these frustrations with one another, me being too driven, Drew being too particular, but all in all, this is why we are able to function the way that we do. Drew handles all the logistics and the details of everyday life, while I love to think of big picture and how I can make things happen for us. This assessment helped both of us to see each other as individuals and appreciate how one another thinks. It created amazing conversations around our strengths and our weaknesses and how our two types can combine to create the most fulfilling and great marriage that we could. Now let's talk about family because I think this is probably my favorite part of the Enneagram and taking it as a family was incredibly interesting to see common threads between us and also differences. I kind of mentioned this before, but my dad was an eight on the Enneagram and all me and my brother and my sister, we had eight as our second strongest type. Both me and my brother married type ones and my sister married someone with the exact profile match as my mom's. And so it's really interesting to see how a family can have these differences, but also portray very similar qualities. It's also hilarious. Like if you can do this with your family, I encourage you to do this because we were so unsurprised when we were hearing everyone's results. My brother, who's an engineer, super logical, was a type five, the investigator. Drew and my sister-in-law, who are both very particular and organized, were type ones, a perfectionist. My mom and my brother-in-law, who are incredibly easygoing, were both type nine, the peacekeeper. My sister, who finds everything exciting, was a type seven, the enthusiast. And my dad, who is a very direct man, was a type eight, the challenger. Reading our type descriptions out loud is both hilarious and eye-opening, and I encourage you to do it over drinks if you can, because they were so accurate and they led to some awesome discussion about how our family works and where we're similar and how we interact and where we're total opposites. And I totally recommend having your close friends and family take this so that you can identify different areas where you can strengthen your relationship or understand them in a deeper way or just simply get them more. So why should you find out your Enneagram? And like, if I haven't convinced you yet, I've only briefed you on my Enneagram, but there are so many takeaways that I've had. And I want you to take the assessment and see how you can clarify your career and relationships and self-awareness through figuring out what type you are. Briefly, I'll outline the nine different types. And to ensure accuracy, I'm reading verbatim from the Enneagram Institute description. So you can always head to the Enneagraminstitute.com if you want to learn more about this. This is not sponsored in any way. I just think it's fascinating. So number one, type one is the reformer, the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. So that's Drew. Number two is the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Number three, which is me, the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Number four, the individualist, the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. 
Type five is the investigator, which is my brother, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Type six, the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Number eight, the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. That would be my father. And number nine is my mom, the easygoing peacemaker, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Did any of these stick out to you? Do you have any idea of what you might be just from hearing those different descriptions? I challenge you to go take the assessment and answer these questions to create space for reflection and goal setting and clarity. Was I surprised by my results? How do I see these types playing out in my business? Did any of these insights hurt my feelings? What opened my eyes? How are these traits playing out in how I treat myself? What about my marriage? How is my type affecting my family or my friendships? What is my most vivid weakness? What are my unique strengths that other types don't possess? How can I better utilize this unique skill set? What can I do better to ensure my spouse understands how I think? Why do I do what I do? Man, this episode is so fun because I personally love quizzes and assessments and types, but this one really did change the way that we look at a lot of things. I would love for you to take it and use this assessment to take a step back and to dive more critically into if you're living your best life. Are you exemplifying your strengths? Are you working on your weaknesses? Are you cultivating quality relationships with understanding? This assessment truly does give you such a unique look into you and why you are the way you are and why you do the things that you do. And I couldn't recommend it enough. I hope that this episode taught you, one, what the Enneagram is, two, how it helped me personally grow, three, how it's clarified my relationships and largely why you should take it. Like seriously, go take it now. Again, we're linking to it in today's show notes, which can be found at jennacutcherblog.com slash Enneagram. I am so excited to share more about myself and my type, and I hope this inspires you to just dig a little deeper. It's been something fun that we as a team have used to help understand one another and the way that each other works better. And it's really, really helped just different relationships from my marriage to my family and understanding the different types and the traits that they possess. So gold diggers, go out, take your assessment. I want to hear what type are you? I'm so excited to hear more about you and what you've learned from this episode and the assessment. And as always, if you're listening to today's show, take a screenshot and post it. Just tell people you're tuning in. Tell me you're tuning in because I'd love to hear from you and I love to connect with you. There's nothing better than really seeing who's listening each and every single week. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you for supporting another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.